Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Lead Pops, the only full service mortgage marketing platform designed specifically to maximize lead generation and ROI. Lead Pops started by developing lead conversion technology for the big players like Zillow and Bankrate. Now they've made the world-class technology available to you. See why thousands of brokers and originators have chosen Leadpops as their solution to generate exclusive leads and take control of their digital marketing. Head over to the market in the AIM member portal to find Leadpops profile and get connected today. Welcome everyone back to another Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I am the broker owner of Priority Mortgage Lending, along with being the president of membership over here at AIM, which I'm very, very proud to say uh, today. Really excited about today. I'm always excited about all these podcasts, but that's okay. But really excited about today. I actually just went out to their event. It was it was absolutely awesome. Uh, but today I'm going to be interviewing the founder and CEO. Uh, his name is Joseph Shalaby, and then the president and CEO of E Mortgage Capital, Sam Kajan. Sam and Joseph, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having us, Mark. No problem. We're going to hop right into this because I know you guys have a lot to say. I know you guys, uh, you guys do things uh, the right way. You guys have always been supportive of AIM. So we're going to hop right into this. I want people to learn more about you, learn about how you guys have grown your business, how you scale your business, the culture around it. So let's hop right into it. So Joseph, I'm going to start out with you, with you being the, the founder. Tell me your, your mortgage background. How did you get started in this industry? I started in this industry right out of college. I was 20 years old. I was basically seeking to go into academia after college. I was based, I wanted to be a PhD and I wanted to study sociology and kind of stay in the Santa Barbara lifestyle. And a friend of mine introduced me to the mortgage industry. And I was like, I just want to get, a, I want to become a, a doc, you know, a PhD postdoc and, and, and live the Santa Barbara life. What happened was a sequence of events where Santa Barbara uh, doesn't let you go to grad school in, at UCSB. They make you leave and then come back. So I kind of got stuck having to go into go to Cal State Fullerton for a master's program, and then I I didn't want to go back to Santa Barbara after that. I got I landed in the mortgage industry right after uh, right after my departure from Santa Barbara, and um, you know gave up on the academia venture. And uh, pretty smart move because you know a PhD in sociology makes like 60 70k a year would have been a bum probably um thank god uh you know <laughs> i i uh i or i or i could have went the other way and been you know been a famous author who knows <laughs> but right right the mortgage industry because you know it gave me an opportunity to seek a life of service and serving my clients and serving uh people who who work within the organization so a, a friend of mine introduced me to the mortgage industry kind of you know uh uh, he uh, lured me in with uh, the financial benefits, but uh, but I quickly realized that there was a lot more to it. So I started at, at about 20 years old in the industry. I started in the broker channel. So unlike a lot of folks um, who started in the retail channel, I started meeting the broker channel. Now that was not to my benefit because you know there was a lot of disorganization at that time, and uh, I didn't make a paycheck for like six months. So you know so. It wasn't that a benefit, but, you know, I, I learned a lot and I learned how to, how to grind. I learned how to, you know, generate leads and there was no technology. There was no CRMs. There was nothing. There was just like a phone book. So I just, right. you know, 
I, I learned, I had a grit mindset from the beginning. So it took, and it took literally six months to, to make a thousand dollar commission. And, and then from there, it was all uphill after that. It was all downhill after that. I started to really like kind of understand the broker model. And then I became a broker at about 20, 22, uh, uh, 22 years old. So, um, and I opened my own mortgage company at, in 2005. And then, you know, obviously the crash happened. I stayed in the mortgage sector, but, uh, but I always stayed as an independent, always stayed as a mortgage broker, always stayed, uh, always had the entrepreneur spirit. So that's, yeah, no, that's, that's why we, you and I get along so well, because I've been in the, I've been only in the wholesale channel side, you know what I mean? Only on the broker side, never, never did retail. So I got lured in kind of the same way you did, but I'm glad I got lured in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was a benefit. Yeah, there's, so there's, there's pros and cons. It would have been better to start in retail. I would have had a consistent paycheck, but you know. Thank God uh, things worked out this way. Yeah. So, so when you started your broker shop when you were 22, was that, was that e-mortgage capital or was that later? No, no. I started another company called Primetime Financial Consultants, kind of with the same vision. So e-mortgage capital, you know, the, the idea behind us is everything mortgage, everything capital. I always had this vision to provide much more to my clients than just a traditional mortgage opportunity. So, so when I started my first mortgage company, it was like, Hey, I'm going to offer I'm going to be full, full fledged financial services, right? Full fledged financial consulting. And that ideology still stuck with this model. Um, we just kind of refined that idea and uh, improved upon it and, you know, rebranded, re renamed. That's awesome. But it was, yeah, it was awesome. called Primetime Financial Consultants was my first company. Great. So Sam, how did you, how did you get started in the industry? And then when did, when did you make, when did you come over to eMortgage? Um, you mentioned a minute ago that you were at our sales event a couple of weeks back, Mark, I think in my yes. opening remark, I asked that question for, of all the salespeople, show of hands, you know, how many of us, you know, uh, plan on being a loan advisor, loan originator growing up? I don't think a single hand in the room went up. So you, know, no. how you, you have to journey? be, you have to be born into it, family. <laughs> like that's the only way I have found out. Yeah. So we've all had our kind of unique journey. Mine was purely accidental. So I, you know, I went to school to be an engineer. And I was lucky to have uh, landed a job even before graduating. So, you know, I, I was an engineer by trade for about a year. And I always joke I had a midlife crisis before I was 22 years of age because I completely hated what I did. And I think I lasted, you know, something like 11 months before I made the transition. And it was purely accidental. I had a, a friend who made an introduction to um, an attorney that we knew, a mutual friend who was starting a mortgage company back in the early 2000s. And he took me under his wing, kind of showed me the ropes, and I just kind of ran with it. But you know, it was, again, it was purely accidental. It wasn't something I was planning on doing. It was something that I thought was going to be just a bridge until I figured out what it is that I wanted in life. But, you know, I really enjoy doing what I do. I love the people aspect of it and, you know, being able to meet new people and helping them with, you know, one of the most important financial decisions in their life. But yeah, it's been just a hair above 20 years, time's flown by, but, you know, not a single day goes by when I don't, you know, thank God for, you know, that, that introduction, because it was, you know, like, again, it wasn't something that was planned. It was purely accidental. Okay, Sam. So, so how did, how did you, how did you get linked up with the mortgage? So Joe and I, uh, a lot of people don't know. We've been friends since we were 14. We actually went to high school together. So, um, you know, we've, we've worked together in the past, you know, we kind of each had our own vision of how we wanted to, you know, build a, a company. He uh, started e-mortgage capital and, you know, was a broker. I actually had another previous company and I was a, a delegated lender. So, you know, we kind of came together around the time of the pandemic. Um, 
eMortgage was kind of testing the waters with the correspondent channel, but they didn't have a lot of experience, um, you know, in that space. And so, you know, one night, you know, we were having dinner and we kind of threw around the idea of, you know, joining forces and kind of focusing on different aspects of the business and growing it to what it is today. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we made that decision to, to kind of, you know, join forces. But that was just short of three years ago. Yeah, truth be told, so I, I, I came to Sam during the pandemic and I said, listen, it's a crazy time. You know, lenders froze their warehouse lines and things really tightened up. And I, and I was like, you know, you are a banker, you're an underwriter, you understand how to move these loans off the warehouse lines quickly. You know how to put processes and procedures in place to really create an incredible funding platform. And I wanted, a, you know, I wanted, you know, a, a very seamless banking platform for my branches because banking loans was the way that I was selling. That was the way I was originating business. And that was the way that I, I adapted my, my personal model. So, you know, I, I went to Sam and said, listen, you and I would, cause I'm a sales guy and he's an operations guy co collectively can create an incredible platform because I have my skill set. He has his skill set and they're, we're totally different. You know, he's like, you know, he really is like my work wife, right? Like, <laughs> and, and matter of fact, it's so true that like him and my wife are like best friends because they have the same issues with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Love that. Yeah, but no, uh, but good. That, that's good. That, that that's good that you guys linked up, and I mean, you you guys are crushing it. I mean, you guys have grown, you know, pr pretty pretty big here over over the last few years. I mean, was was that the mission the entire time? Was 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 growth that way or did it just kind of happen organically? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, personally speaking, I don't think that was our primary goal, but at the same time, I'm not really surprised that it happened. You know, I think we have something really special here. We have a pretty good, um, you know, group of people. We have a pretty good uh, culture going. So, you know, I'm not really focused on the number, but just like Joe alluded to earlier, we're more interested in, in the having the right type of people and less about the size of the roster. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy with who we have. I think we have a good group of people. I know it's challenging right now for, for a lot of folks uh, industry-wide, but, um, you know, I think we have uh, a, decent, a decent group of loan officers, a decent culture. So I'm not really surprised that we've gotten as, as, we've gotten as big as we have. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, with that being said, like how, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. When, when you grow like that, I mean, it, sometimes it kind of falls in your lap. Sometimes it, you know, you, you, you have to work for it. What, what are the biggest challenges when, when you guys have, you know, the shop that you have and the size that you have and the amount of volume that you have? What, I mean, I know you have to have processes and procedures in place and Sam, that seems like that's up, that's up your alley. You know what I mean? But how, what are the challenges that come across with that? Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's basic math, right? The more people you have, the more questions and the more time you need, you know, to be able to commit to servicing them. So that's been the biggest challenge for me because, you know, by design, we what we realized a long time ago is that for the company to grow and be successful, and the approach that we've taken is to try to help our existing teams grow. So we try to identify leaders within the organization, and when we recruit and bring people on board, we try to put them underneath those leaders. Uh, simply because there's only so many hours in the day, right? So once somebody is acclimated and, and part of the system, uh, having people put under them is uh, a lot more efficient way to grow than to bring in, 
you know, two or 300 independent lone wolves that, you know, don't belong on a team, uh, you know, don't have any support. And, you know, by design, if there's nobody there for them to go to or reach out to for, for help, who is the first person they're going to they're gonna reach out to? It's either Joe or myself. And we're here and we answer the questions and we help them. Um, you know, I was actually telling Joe, I was here until about 10 o'clock last night because I hate leaving for the day without answering all of my emails, getting to all of my voicemails. And so, you know, there's, there's only so many hours in the day. And so that's been our biggest challenge is how do we support so many people? And so having, you know, placing people under the right leadership has been one of the, one of the ways that we've been able to grow. It's a lot easier to deal with, you know, a hundred leaders than it is to deal with 650 different individuals. Right. Also, right. I want to add, Joe, you know, the, the safeguards, we wanted to put enough safeguards in place to manage all these people. So what we've done is, you know, we're, we're always seeking more compliance protocols to make sure that everyone's protected. Because as, as you get to this, as you become as big as we are, you know, it's and everyone's decentralized and there's not enough safeguards in place, you know, there, there's growing pains associated with that. So our idea here is you know, continue to innovate in terms of compliance, add as many safeguards to protect everybody and, uh, uh, and, and put the, the correct policies to not hinder people's business. Because, you know, if you put too many safeguards in place, then, you know, you could really hurt someone's business. So there's a balancing act with managing this many loan officers, putting the, the right procedures in place, putting the right safeguards in place, and making sure that you know you don't hinder anyone's business as a result. So, th there there is always that uh, that balancing act per se. Well, yeah, I mean, well, hell, you guys are doing it pretty darn good. <laughs> I'll I'll give you that much. So so you know, I I have uh, I'm I'm going to call it a little shop. You know what I mean? Eleven loan officers, nothing nothing too crazy. Probably three or four that really really produce. Um, when I bring on more people, I get I get anxious. You know what I mean? I know we have a lot of support with our lenders and vendor partners that we have, but how do you guys balance all your system and processes? Like what, what, if you don't mind me asking, like what systems do you guys use? Because I'm sure that all of your loan officers are not at one location, correct? Correct. They're, they're all decentralized. We have, you know, a dozen or so loan officers here at our headquarters facility in, in Irvine, but yeah, we have two dozen brick and mortar locations registered with the NMLS. Um, uh, and then most people are, are working from home, but you know, every, we don't dictate which uh, tech stack that people use. We make suggestions. We give them a set of technology to utilize as well. Uh, but you know, it's your, your standard stuff, right? We're, we're heavily integrated with UWM's banking channel. Um, so a lot of, everyone's using obviously a UWM system for, 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 you know, the correspondence side. But here internally, we provide the LOS um, and then uh, we, we give them uh, a CRM, but we also give them options to some some technology as well, where we have incredible discounts with. So, you know, the, again, we're always kind of innovating and exploring and, and piloting different technology here. The, the headquarters sales team exists for the purpose of just piloting marketing ideas, piloting different technology piloting different automations that I personally know work so I can roll them out uh, organization wide. Um, so when it comes to the systems that we use, we're using 
you know, uh, several different systems. And we're always, you know, one thing I learned from Matt Ishby, he says, you know, you show me something better today, I'll change everything tomorrow. And that's kind of the idea with, with some of the technology we have here. We see something and we know it works as long as it's not too clunky or too difficult to use. Um, then we roll it out. One of our biggest struggles though, is going to be adoption for different technology, right? So that's something we're always working on um, is, is people adopting the technology that we're rolling out and uh, utilizing it correctly because we know that it works. We're piloting it here. We know that it's converting. So uh, the adoption uh, is some of the most difficult things that we have to uh, face as, a, as an organization, especially when it comes to technology, especially because people are so used to the technology that they're using now. Right. We've gotten to a point. It's hard. Where it's hard getting them out of that normal. That normal. Oh, this is what I've done every day for the last few years. You have something that's better. It's just they're they don't understand it or they're not willing to adopt it. But uh, no, technology is a huge thing for us, and and I'm glad that you guys are trying to get you know continue to get better. And Sam, you had something you wanted to say there. Yeah, I mean, you know, the company has grown dramatically over the past couple of years, and you know, we we've gotten to a point where we had to create departments that specialize in certain parts of the business. So for example, uh, QC, right? Every file goes through a QC process. Uh, we have a dedicated person, that's all they do. You know, we run payroll on a daily basis where we had one person that was kind of doing payroll and some other tasks. Now we have a full payroll department and three people dedicated to just paying our loan officers on a daily basis. So we've tied our QC process to the payroll process where that didn't exist two years ago. So having dedicated people in place uh, we also, you know, we had some people that were myself included that was wearing multiple hats. And one of those hats was being the compliance person. And so, you know, again, I, I alluded to the time constraints earlier. If somebody has a, a, a question regarding, you know, uh, a marketing campaign or a flyer or something that they want to put out, but it's got to go through a compliance audit, which, you know, we require if unless you're turning it around quickly, it's hard for people to play ball and to, um, you know, to, to, to do what you want them to do. So, you know, we've had to create a compliance department and a dedicated person that's focused just simply on that. So we've gotten to a scale where it's very difficult for somebody to wear multiple hats. You have certain people in place focused on certain things and that that's definitely helped. But um, yeah, it's, it's a challenge regardless of, you know, the, the, the infrastructure that's in place today that didn't exist two years ago, you know, considering the amount of people that we have, it's, it's still a challenge. I bet. I bet. And then my other question with, with the, the, the setup that you guys have is what training resources do you use? I mean, like how do you offer anything? Is it a weekly call? Is it, I mean, because with all these new products coming out, you know, just because of the economy and whatnot, like how do you guys get this across everyone? What training tools do you use? So here's, uh, let me, let me, uh, and, and then Sam could piggyback on this, but we have a daily curriculum. One of the things we pride ourselves in, is all the resources that we give to our branches. So I'll give you an example. I'll give you kind of like my curriculum. On Mondays, we do something called fundamentals, uh, which is basically like an onboarding uh, session. Tuesdays, um, we, we, do, uh, we do mortgage coaching. So in, in 10 minutes, we have mortgage coaching starting uh, where we're covering like, you know, maximizing the opportunity for the holidays. Uh, uh, so we have a professional mortgage coach comes every Tuesday. Uh, and, and coaches our, our organization. Wednesdays, we do a spotlight with either a vendor or lender. Thursdays, uh, we're, we're doing a, a, a marketing mechanics workshop with an, a marketing vendor. And Fridays, we do a mastermind. Also on Thursdays, we do a, a, 
uh, a sales training with UWM and I do a webinar also on Thursdays. Um, and then, um, and then Tuesday today, we're starting a new, uh, a new best practices workshop with one of our tech providers. So, you know, to help with the adoption rate. So every single day, there's something to help our branches get better. And I'm pushing this on, on our, our branches every day. And then we're uploading uh, these workshops, these trainings to our YouTube channel. So we're, we're very hands-on with helping these branches improve. They are independent. And one of the things we, we pride ourselves in, and Sam says this all the time, is like, even though you're independent within this organization, you don't feel like you're independent. You're a part of something, something much bigger than you by yourself. Because, of, you know, eMortgage Capital prides itself, one of our pillars is community, right? The whole company is one big community. We're always helping each other get better. There's a, a lot of exchanges on our Microsoft Teams channels, uh, on our sales channels, so people can exchange ideas and best practices on on um, on our Microsoft Teams. Um, we have our daily exchanges on our Zoom meetings. So, you know, one or two Zoom meetings a day that are available for an hour, that's more interaction than you're getting even if you work at an organization. So when it comes to support and infrastructure and resources, like that's something we pride ourselves and that's something we're always innovating on and we're always adding to, we're never taking away. So the, the curriculum that we have in place right now, that's there, that's there to stay. And all we're gonna do is add to that curriculum even more. Like if you're not educa getting educated every single day and growing with the market, learning new products, learning new technology, learning new marketing strategies, you're just not, you're not going to be able to keep up, especially with guys here who have those competitive resources. And, and we open that up, you know, like we're, we're not, Mark, if you wanted to attend any of those, like, let us know, I'll put you on the calendar. And, you know, if you, you got some free time, jump in. I'm in those meetings. I'm learning a lot. Sam's in those meetings. He's learning a lot. I'm learning every single day. I wish I got credits for those, but, you know, unfortunately, I'm <laughs> 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 that's awesome. I mean, that's a that's a that's a full time job in itself. I mean, just just setting all that stuff up and, and giving all the resources possible. I mean, that that's that's absolutely amazing to me. Yeah, it is. I, I we pride ourselves, and, and then the beautiful thing is, you know, we don't charge for anything. Like our motto is free ninety nine. It's like we don't run a hyper profitable model like other organizations because uh, we we want to give it all back to the to the. To, to, to our branches and our independent agents. And, and the idea for us is we're, we're in it for the long haul. This is a long-term play for us. This is like years down the road, we will see, we will reap the rewards of what we are, we are planting now. And that's the idea for us. It's like, we may never see them, who knows? But right now we're, we're heavily investing in our branches. We're giving, you know, the, the compensation is the most aggressive and we're trying to do everything we possibly can to support our branches. Uh, Sam, you want to add anything to that? Sam's no, also so hands-on with these guys, right? Yeah, I think uh, you touched on all the things that I would I would um, want to highlight. So the mortgage mastery sessions, I mean, they they cover a host of topics, everything from you know war tracks and how to overcome objections and resistance from a consumer, how to approach and create you know referral partnerships, um, the mortgage mechanics sorry, the marketing mechanics meetings every week. I mean, I attend and I learn something new. And then in addition to that, what we do is we have uh, a marketing calendar for all the loan officers. We encourage every loan officer to put out content, personalized content, but you know, if they don't, then they can participate. We take, we basically, uh, you know, get their social media credentials and we post things on their behalf. So there's constantly stuff being put out 
to help them stay engaged with their with their sphere of influence. Uh, and that's that's a cost that we bear and we're happy to do it. And then in addition to that, you know, we also have a weekly, um, you know, the same individual that is in charge of our onboarding. You know, we keep track of all the questions that people have for us and we make those into topics. So if we notice a recurring theme of people calling in regarding a, a certain topic, whatever it is, then we'll, we'll make curriculum for it and we'll host a Zoom meeting and we'll say for everybody that is confused about X, Y, or Z, now's the time to call in and we'll, you know, we'll, part, we'll participate and we'll, you know, uh, we'll engage with them that way. Um, and just like Joe said, the internal team chat is something that we created early in the year and I'm very proud of it. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, follow the same mindset that Joe and I have, which is to kind of, you know, that not that scarcity mentality, but that mentality of abundance, sharing your wins for the day, sharing things that are working for you with other people within the organization. So that collaboration is really what makes this company special. So all of those things combined, I think, are, you know, uh, things that we're really proud of uh, having put together. Not only that, but we're very hands-on with helping these guys market. Like we have a full marketing department. Like we just rolled out, we're doing all people's video edits for them. We'll, we'll do their, uh, all their posts, their, their, their flyers for open houses, their, uh, PowerPoints for lunch and learns, like whatever it is when it comes to marketing, you know, whether it's data aggregation, whether it's working with call centers, whether it's direct mail, uh, partnerships, wh whatever it is, like I'm big into marketing, I'm big into lead generation. And I'm always innovating on that front. And that's really a differentiator for us because a lot of companies are like, they don't know, they don't pride themselves in marketing. Like, I'm a big marketer. Um, so I'm very hands-on with helping our branches when it comes to lead generation, drumming up business, creating realtor relationships, reaching out to realtor partners or, or financial planners or wealth managers. And now after your me uh, message, you know, um, and we're gonna we're gonna counter this with you. You're gonna do a spotlight to you know tell teach our guys to do B2B relationships, right? Because that's a that's a, another market that they, they could leverage, especially with all the automations we have in place to create those relationships. So, you know, it's it's one thing to be the best price solution in town, which we are the best branch solution in, in, in the in the industry in terms of pricing, but it's not just pricing, it's all of the additional resources that we have in addition to that, right? The banking platform, the marketing support, the infrastructure support, the HR, the IT, the legal, the compliance, everything, the collective package that we give our branches is best in class, hands down. There's nobody else. You know, uh, everybody that, that we partner with recommends their people to come here first and foremost. So this this is a best in class solution. Well, hell, it sounds, I mean, it definitely sounds like it. You guys have, uh, you created something. <laughs> I have I have my own little shop in Michigan, I and I have aim. I'm I'm good. I know you Listen, are. Listen, if you want but, other uh, states, we got you. I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's flattering. Um, you know, when, when you see all this, I mean, you you guys obviously have a lot of this nailed down and doing things that I haven't seen in the industry before. And you know, what I mean, you, you take a lot of pride in it. You show a lot of energy, which is absolutely amazing. But with with the with the size that you guys are at, how do you keep your mindset and culture right? I mean, that's, that's gotta be one of the most difficult things there because I know for a fact when, when the, my loan officers are not around me or I'm not engaging with them all the time. And I know you guys do your training, but like they can kind of go off on their own. You know what I mean? And then it, it's kind of like a no turning back. So how do you guys keep your mindset and culture right over there at your shop? 
So there's a saying, I think it's, uh, you don't decide your future, you decide your habits and your habits decide your future, right? So it's just getting them in the habit of taking part in the things that we put out to stay engaged because everybody's motivation tank is gonna run low, right? I think I mentioned it during our sales event a couple of weeks back. You know, there's, it's very difficult for somebody to be rah, rah, rah and motivated 24 seven. So the best uh, cure for that is to, to have you know, habits in place to have, you know, certain, um, what's the point I'm trying to make? So to have, to have uh, habits in place that you follow every day and those habits will lead to success. You can't just rely on motivation. You're not going to be motivated, uh, uh, you know, all day, all night long. So having those habits in place, I think will, will substitute for when that motivation is, is running low. And, you I know, like I've never we heard try that to stay I like that a lot. We try to stay engaged with these guys every single day. We're, we're trying to touch our branches, our loan officers as many times as possible, whether it's like daily emails from me or daily emails from Sam or social posts or, you know, the daily uh, interactions, like I'm on all these meetings trying to keep people's mind. Cause yeah, you're right right now in this market, just a lot of people are discouraged. So how do we motivate people when, you know, they're independent? It, it's it's something that it's it's something that we're always trying to solve. It's it's a riddle that we're trying to solve every single day, day in and day out. And we're trying to be as hands-on as possible. The most you can do, it's like a parent's love, is just love them as much as possible, right? Like as as if we 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 truly exemplify a loving leadership mentality, a servitude mentality for our branches. We serve them as with all of our heart, all of our might, all of our soul. We serve every single person at this organization and the people who work within this organization they know it our retention is a hundred percent pretty much we don't lose people who come here you have hundreds and hundreds of loan officers they stay here if they're going to stay in the independent town they stay we've had people leave because they've taken jobs elsewhere and then they come right back they're like you know what this was the best of the best you know they, if they even try something else they come back so you know the the, the most you can do is to show that love exemplify that love and be a servant leader from the bottom of your heart, not just like, Hey, I'm going to just be a servant. And, 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 you know, just because that's what I heard on a podcast today. No, like actually exemplify love. You can't pretend to love somebody. You can't, you know, caring is, is something that's from the heart. You can't fake care. You can't like verbally say you care, right? You have to show it. You have to do it. You have to be there for your branches. Everybody knows they email me. They get a response right back within minutes. They text me. I'm immediately responding back. Sometimes phone calls are tough because I'll be on a podcast or be doing this or whatever it is. Like I can't get to everybody on a phone call, but I'm get, I'm I'm like a ninja when it comes to emailing back, texting back. Same with Sam. So we really try to exude that that mentality of love and servitude and doing everything we possibly can to go above and beyond for those within this organization, whether it's a loan officer or a processor or you know someone in operations here or funder or whatever it is, we're doing everything we can to make sure that we go above and beyond to help people within this organization. Yeah, our attitude, I mean, and, and if I can just, you know, put it differently in, in different words, if, if you don't give anything, you, you can't expect anything in return. So we try to give as much as we can of ourselves and our resources. And, you know, that's that's been able to help with retention quite a bit. That's no, that that's absolutely amazing. I, I, I love that. You know, like when when you show when you can be a servant and, and you truly care about your employees and you put your employees, loan officers, team members, whatever you want to call them first, and they can truly feel it and know it, 
I mean, that's how you create a culture right there where, where it's truly a team effort. I absolutely love that. That's Joe. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. All right, guys. So I just want to let everyone know, I got one more question for these guys. All right. So, so in all fairness, I met both of these at Fuse, which as we're recording this a couple months ago, right? I met both of you. It was an absolute pleasure. I was like, right away. I'm like, I need to get these guys on a podcast right away. If you can real quick, less than a minute each of you, tell me what was your favorite part about Fuse? It doesn't even have to be a person. It doesn't have to be anything. Was it the culture? Was it? Yeah. I mean, I don't care. I just want to know. My favorite part is always, it's always the networking. I mean, the amount of people that you get to meet within this organization uh, that are of the same mindset was just, it was electric. Now this fuse in comparison to last fuse was much better. And here's why this fuse, you really got to see who people really are last year, you know, money kind of interrupted people's uh, genuineness this year. People were so much more genuine. And, you know, the humility was really like much more prevalent this year in comparison to last year. So, you know, you created and forged new relationships, better relationships, more networking and and got to see the the true spirit of of the people that you met. So the the fuse this year and I I hope that people remember this year and they and, and when the rush comes in 2023 or 2024, whenever it is. And it's raining money again. We preserve that humility mindset that we had at Fuse this year because that's what allowed allowed all of us to have such an incredible year at Fuse. This was the best Fuse we ever had. And it was because people just were so much more genuine than they've ever been um, at any Fuse comparatively. Because it's just, you know, unfortunately, money rains on people's mindsets. And, uh, and when you have, like, these humbling experiences, they they, they really show what your character can be. And let's all remember that, you know, 2022 as a year that made us better humans. I'm going to, I'm going to steal some of that, Joe. I'm not going to lie. I'm taking experts on experts on that and stealing some of that. Sam, what was your favorite part? Yeah, I'm going to have to second, you know, uh, basically second what Joe's saying, you know, being able to meet a lot of people within the space, you know, I don't refer to them as competitors, but uh, colleagues. And so being able to network and talk to a lot of folks and, you know, see what they're doing, what's working for them, what's not, you know, the, you know, the, some of the pains that they're going through and being able to share uh, and collaborate. I've actually made a few contacts and, you know, I've been communicating with them on a regular basis. So that's, that's always my favorite part of these events. You know, I'm not really uh, much of a, I don't really go to a lot of these events, but Fuse is the one that I make it a point to go to every year. I always, you know, learn, um, you know, there's always some sort of takeaway. And as you know, and, and having met you, for example, Mark, you know, prior to that, prior to that event, I don't think, um, you know, I, I'd ever met you before. And so, uh, you know, being able to network and, and, you know, make new, make new friendships and alliances. That's, that's always the best part of these events. Well, yeah, it was absolutely a pleasure meeting you guys there. And, and I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate your attendance and, and bringing out a lot of your team. So it was great. So listen, guys, you guys have been more than gracious with your time. I, I completely appreciate this. Um, I'm telling, you know, I'm going to brag about this podcast. You guys, they got to listen. They got to listen. You know, like I love so a lot of the things you guys said just are, are just so important where they're, we're not competitors, we're colleagues. I mean, I could go on and on with so many takeaways from this one. So Personally, from, from myself and the entire A-team, I just want to thank you guys for your time today.
Uh, and mm -hmm. I want to close with one. Let's all remember this this broker committee. And one thing we, we're doing within the, uh, you know, some of the committees we have within uh, the AIM committees is, you know, we're serving each other. We as leaders have to continue to serve each other and help each other through these times. And remember this, you know, to have an abundance mindset after, you know, this podcast or after Fuse, like, guys, we're here to serve each other. We're here to help each other. We're here to help each other dominate, not just like win a little bit or get through these tough times, but actually win together as a community. And that's the importance of this, this AIM community. And I want to, you know, make sure people who are listening to this realize the importance of serving your other bro your other broker competitors. These are people you have to serve regardless. And that's what we're doing within the AIM committee. Um, we're getting together, sharing best practices as other uh, owners of big mortgage companies, right? The top five mortgage companies. We at Nexa, C2, Barrett, uh, eMortgage, us five owners are all getting together for a summit. And we're going to share, again, best practices and ideas. So, you know, it's important to, to, to serve each other, especially in leadership positions. So I just want to close, well, I can close on that. I can, I can definitely close on that. That's, that's not, that's not an issue with me. So guys, once again, thank you. And brokers, if you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to ingroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all the Broker to Broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can grab a podcast. Do me a favor, rate it, review it, subscribe to it. It helps us get the podcast out there and spread the word that brokers are better. And you two definitely are one. And I appreciate your time today. Hey, thanks, thanks Mark. Mark. Appreciate you. God bless. Have a good one. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you'll have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait. Sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.